This is the Rod Langway Fan Club. Welcome, everybody, to the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. I am your host, Jeff Rollman. This is our mid-season show. I'm with a couple of co-hosts who are in mid-season form. Mr. Mark Chaknita. You should double shift me. I'm ready to go. Let's do this, boys. And John Snowden. Yeah, I feel I really hit my stride recently, and I'm ready to go. Let's get this going. Great to see you guys. The studio looks a little different. Yeah, it's really nice sitting on these Thai cushions, eh? A little more comfortable, a little more chill. Pretty sweet. I am a big fan of the beaded curtains over there, actually. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. we've changed up the vibe. we got a new soundboard as well, so I think we're cooking. And sticking with tradition, we'll be handing out Rod Langway mustaches for individual performances at the halfway mark. And as always, we will be answering your questions in the mailbag. But first, we've got a brand new segment for you. It is called Rod Langway Number 5. We are going to take a look at the top five contenders for the Stanley Cup at this midpoint of the season. So let's get started. Yeah, it was really tough for us to choose the top five teams at the halfway point. Uh, Taiwan just had an election the other day. That's democracy at work. And we had a lot of battles when we were talking about which teams were going to be in our top five. Yeah, a lot of horse trading, a lot of back and forth. Uh, We should clarify that this is not the best five teams right now, but what we believe to be the five teams that are most likely to win the cup this season. So I do think we should give a tip of the cap, first of all, to the Vancouver Canucks. They have been excellent through the first half. Um, We'll see what they have in store for us for the second half. And I know, John, you were disappointed about your Winnipeg Jets. I was, I was. Um, They have been outstanding, really stifling defensive game, but uh, they didn't quite make the cut. Yes, and I must admit I was also somewhat perturbed by the fact that the Dallas Stars did not make the cut. I think they've got great forward depth, solid defensemen, and one of the best young goalies in the game. They didn't make it, though. Yeah, it's tough building a consensus in a democracy. Yeah, I feel like if Commissioner Jeff Rollman had his way, this would be a dictatorship. Whoa, I've always been a man of the people. All right, so let's get to it, guys. Where do you guys want to begin? Well, I will be a little bit unadventurous, and I think we should start with the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it's hard to leave this team out. Now, they had a really hot start, but they've not been very good recently. No, but one thing that I do like is that they've got one of the stingiest Ds in the league. They give up only 2.5 goals per game. And, you know, once playoff time rolls around, those teams that can lock it down are always tough to beat. And Of course, this team is dealing with a lot of injuries right now. A lot. Yeah, prime amongst them. Jack Eichel, probably their best scorer, maybe their best player. Um, He has been out and, uh, you know, they'll expect him back. They sure do miss Shea Theodore as well. Well, he's arguably their best defenseman, and he's been out for a while, and there's not really a clear timetable on when he'll return, so that's definitely concerning. Um, Of course, Aiden Hill has also been out, and he was the Stanley Cup winning goaltender for them, so that's a big piece to be missing, too. And William Carlson. Yeah, Wild Bill, one of the holdovers from that original team that went to the Cup final. He's been on fire when healthy, but uh, not really sure when he'll be back either. Yeah, so a lot to like in this team when healthy. I don't think there's any reason they can't compete once again for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, good news. None of these guys have been ruled out for the year anything they all should be back at some point and I think this team is firmly in a playoff spot now so watch out once they're healthy and playoffs roll around next up we're going to talk about their fellow Stanley Cup finalist 
The Florida Panthers. Guys, this team recently had a nine-game winning streak. What do we like about this team? Wow, there's a lot to like, but I think we have to start with Sam Reinhart, who is on absolute fire. He is pacing 60 goals at this point, second in the Rocket Richard race, just behind Austin Matthews. He is going to get a big payday. Yeah, it's huge. It's shocking. Uh, This is a career year for him so far. Uh, Unbelievable. But it's not just offensively. This team has been excellent defensively as well. Very, very stingy. And for much of the year, that was without their top two defensemen, Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour. So uh, watch out for these guys. Yeah, now that those guys are back, uh, they're going to be even harder to score against. Uh, But tip of the cap for Gustav Forsling, who held down the fort while those guys were away. He was excellent in a top pairing role. And how about Matthew to Chuck? Guys, he had a really slow start out of the gate. People were kind of worried. You know, he came off a pretty big injury. Now he's back to almost a point a game. So look out if he gets going. Yeah, and that's the thing. And the other thing, you know, obviously the defenseman, but uh, the goaltending has been solid. We know that Bobrovsky can wax and wane at times, but uh, it's been a solid start for him. And I think Anthony Stolarz was a nice pickup as well. He's solidified the backup position with uh, Spencer Knight in the minors right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we know what Bobrovsky can do in the playoffs. He was lights out last year so if he can return to that playoff form this team could be dangerous next up we have to talk about the colorado avalanche now this was a unanimous vote on this team yeah no question here it all begins with the top guns on offense nathan mckinnon having himself an mvp type season uh miko rantanen after a little bit of a slow start is really rounded into form he's doing excellent and jonathan drewen the third member of that line i know it often changes but hey he's still got some game left yeah, well, I think we should mention their third best forward and the third guy on that power play up front. Valeri Nichushkin is on fire. He is up to 22 goals on the year and looking like that playoff performer he was when they won the cup. Yeah, well, they sure did miss him last year in the playoffs. Yeah, no kidding. Um, looking at defense, though, I mean, they're stacked there as well, obviously. Headed up by Kale McCarr. He's having an excellent year, as to be expected. Um, Devon Taves, also excellent yes. defender. Excellent top pairing. Nice to see Sam Girard is back after dealing with some undisclosed issue. But Bowen Byram is hurt again. Here's a guy that they're going to need healthy for a playoff run. Hopefully he can get back. And what about some of their depth forwards? little concern there? Yeah, you know, I think that they still don't have that second centerman they can trust. I know they brought in Ryan Johansson. I'm not sure that he'll be able to carry that load. Uh, but they've got Joe Sackick, one of the best GMs in the game. I think they will address that need before the deadline. And between the pipes, Alexander Georgiev has been good. Um, He's leading the league in wins, so he's getting the job done, but his ratios, I think, leave a little bit to be desired. Yeah, and they had some bad news. Uh, Pavel Francouz, the backup goaltender, he's done for the year, so they have another backup. I believe his name is Ivan Prozvetov. That sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah, he... Very little NHL experience. You've got to think they will also probably bring in a veteran goalie. Yeah, you don't want to overplay Georgiev. No, and he's not looked amazing. So it'd be nice to have a second option just in case he gets cold. For sure. Uh, This is a team, though, that has been able to get it done without elite goaltending. So maybe again this year they can do that. All right. And the next two teams, we had some robust debates. And it was a split vote. But let's start with the New York Rangers. Yes, this is a team that has been a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. And I think it all begins with their top two forward lines. Artemi Panarin is having himself an excellent, excellent season. Uh, Vinny Trocek is centering that line, and he has been really, really he good. He has been good. Yeah. Um, Mika Zbinijad, um has been good, but I think they could expect a little bit more out of him maybe going forward. Chris Kreider's also been very good. 
Yeah, and I think they're pretty happy with the way Alex Lafreniere has been playing after a pretty tough training camp. I know there was a lot of buzz in the media about him not uh, performing. And they might be getting a couple players back from injury? Yeah, the depth scoring could get a boost as both Capo Caco and Philip Heedle are skating again. So uh, these are guys who I think have a lot to give as well. I really like the look of that decor. Uh, especially led by Adam Fox. I'm sure we'll be talking about him later for our mustache segment, but he's been excellent. Yeah, for me, I look at the special teams. They have the second best power play in the league and the seventh best penalty kill. So when your special teams are that high up, I think you're always going to be competitive. Yes, Peter Laviolette has done a good job. He has, he has. In net, Igor Shosturkin. This is a guy that we uh, have had pegged as an elite goaltender. He is not having himself an elite season so far. Just above a nine save percentage. So I think the Rangers would like to think that they could get a little more out of him. Yes, they need more consistency out of him. I know he can do it. Yeah, it's funny because Jonathan Quick for the first quarter of the season actually looked like the better goalie. He's kind of coming back down to earth, but Shostorkin is still struggling. Uh, I'm not saying he can't get back to his top form, but he's going to have to if they want to be a real cup contender. And the last team of our Rod Langway number five was probably the most contentious vote we had. Most definitely, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, This was a team we talked about in the first quarter show, but for very different reasons. But since then, Chris Knobloch has taken over and really turned this team around. They have been the best team in the league since that first quarter mark. Yeah, what a roller coaster ride it has been in Edmonton. Uh, think about Stuart Skinner, who looked like he could not stop a beach ball to start the year. And now he looks like he is the goalie they thought he would be, this young up-and-coming goalie who they expect to take them deep into the playoffs. And their stars have been their stars recently. Absolutely. I mean, we got to talk about Connor McDavid. He's really put the team on his back. He is uh, in MVP form. What a joy to watch. Yeah, he's just so amazing. Seems Video like game. Every game, there's a highlight real goal. Yeah, for sure. Um, Zach Hyman, though, he has been playing excellent hockey. Yeah, but his partner in crime, Leon Dreisaitl, he's been good. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't look like the Leon Dreisaitl of old. I'm not sure if he's battling an injury or he's just not quite at his usual elite level. Yeah, and yeah, Hyman on pace for possibly 50 goals. Yeah. How about the defense core? They were much maligned in the first quarter of the season. They've really picked it up. They have. I mean, Evan Bouchard, not known for his defensive play, but he's improved somewhat. His offensive game has been excellent. But Matthias Ekholm, I mean, he's the guy they really look to solidify their defensive play. I think he's doing that job pretty well right now. And Darnell Nurse, I think, has bounced back from a rough yeah, start. Yeah, never going to live up to that $9.25 million salary, but he has been, you know, a good top four defender for them over the last few months here. So I do think it's safe to say that this team is back, back in contention. Yes. Yeah. Well, we have given you five. Now we're going to take five and we'll be back with the mustaches. Hit a tune? Just like that? Just like that. All right.
And we're back. That was the 1991 track, Just Like That, by Fila Cootie. And everybody, this is our favorite time of year. We are about to hand out our mid-season mustache awards. Of course, they are named the Mustache Awards in honor of the great Rod Langway, who had one of the most exquisite cookie dusters I've ever seen. Agreed. Yeah, I was referring to the mustache, the old soup strainer. An awfully big mustache. How much has that hair seen in the months that it's been on my face? This is what a real mustache looks like. Let's begin with the Peach Fuzz Award. Yeah, long way to go for these rookies, but some of them have sprouted a few hairs, and I think it's time to talk about some of their starts to the year. It has been a solid rookie class this year. Um, quite a few players that we uh, sort of chewed the fat over. Who are some of the guys that uh, get some honorable mentions? I would start with Minnesota's uh, Marco Rossi. Yeah, uh, Minnesota's had a tough go recently, but uh, he's been good for them. And we should mention second pick overall, Adam Fantilli. Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, he has been, I think, pretty good for his first year in the league he's got 24 points looks like he could get close to 50 continues on this pace on a pretty bad team in columbus yeah for sure i think he's going to be a real player going forward yeah rough half of the season for the columbus blue jackets but they might finally have their number one center yes absolutely but moving to the cream of the crop here i think we have a couple defensemen we want to talk about brock faber yes yeah another minnesota wild player he has been off to an excellent start yeah he's averaging nearly 25 minutes of ice time per game they've dealt with injuries on the back end and he looks like an old pro out there so that bodes well for his career he does he looks like a strong two-way defenseman but i think the cream of the crop when it comes to defensemen in this rookie class it's got to be luke hughes the third hughes brother uh with dougie hamilton out he's now running that power play in new jersey and man he is fun to watch some of these highlight end-to-end rushes he's been pulling off i think he's gonna be a stud for years to come Yes, he's been excellent, but no real surprise here. Um, we got to talk about Connor Bedard. He was off to such an excellent start. Unfortunately, um, bad injury, broken jaw. Yeah, six to eight weeks. What a loss uh, for hockey fans. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Connor McDavid's first year where he got the broken collarbone and had to miss a big chunk of time. Uh, hopefully for Bedard, he can get back uh, and does claim that rookie of the year because he clearly is the best of his class. Yeah, I mean, he looks excellent out there. What, what a, a shot. shot. What a shot. Wow. So, the mustache goes to Connor Bedard. No surprises here. No surprises here. Enjoy the peach fuzz, Connor. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season if he can uh, return. I look forward to seeing the full bushy stash he'll be sporting in the playoffs in the 2029 season. Well, next up, we have what we like to call the Paul McLean. Um, of course, former Ottawa Senators coach Paul McLean had one of the greatest mustaches in the history of the game, apart from Rod. The walrus stash. Yeah, and so we give this to uh, best coach at the midseason point. And this is another one where we really had a long debate. Uh, lots of very good candidates. I think we did boil it down to three, though. Uh, let's start in Winnipeg with your guy, Rick Bonus. Yes, Rick Bonus has been excellent. This is a team at the start of the year not a lot of people believed in. This is a team that has been really difficult to get to play uh, good defensive hockey. Rick Bonus has them playing some of the best defensive hockey I've ever seen out of this team. They are really difficult to play against, and uh, that's winning them a lot of games. They are now first in the NHL. Yeah, fewest goals against average in the league. And what, 30 games now of three or less? That's impressive. Yeah, especially in this NHL with all the scoring in the league, it's quite an achievement. Hopefully they can keep it going. 
Yes, I do hope so. Staying in Canada, another strong candidate for the Paul McLean. We got to talk about Rick Tockett for the Vancouver Canucks. This was another team that not too many people believed in, but they are playing some of the best hockey in the NHL. Yeah, here's another team that was having trouble keeping the puck out of their net, and they've become a pretty stingy team up. Of course, we should also mention they are leading the league in goals. So it's not like they've given up that much offense to get this defensive chip turnaround. So I'm very impressed with what Rick Tockett has done. It is incredible what he's done with this team. They've also got the highest PDO in the league. I know some fans are worried that we might see a little bit of a regression in the second half. Yeah, that is a worry, but they've got everybody playing up to their potential and they are definitely a playoff team. Uh, Next up, though, is my favorite coach in the league. Always good for a quote and a fiery tirade every now and then. John Tortorella. This is a real shocker what he's done with the Philadelphia Flyers. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people had this team in the bottom. They are not. They're in a playoff spot. They're looking really good. They're playing hockey with balls, as he says. Really great surprise. They're only a couple points out of being first in their division. Yeah, so If you look at that team on paper, they have no business being there. And the mustache goes to... Rick Tockett. Congratulations, Rick. That stash is going to look great on you. Next up, we have the mustache for the best defenseman. Now, I think the final name is one that we'll all agree on, but let's start with some honorable mentions first. I think I, I want to talk about Josh Morrissey. We talked about how good the Winnipeg Jets have been. I think he's a massive part of that. He is the anchor of that decor, and he does it all. Two-way defenseman. Uh, the offensive numbers have been great for the last year and a half. Um I don't know. There's not much left to be desired with a guy like him. Yes, I love Josh Morrissey, another guy who is definitely the stalwart back there for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We have to talk about Victor Hedman. Yeah, now the Lightning just haven't been as good this year, but Victor Hedman's always solid. Yeah, he logs so many minutes for them, especially now with Sergachev out. Without him, they might not be a playoff team. That's how important he is. Okay, so down to the nitty-gritty here, our nominees. We're going to start with Noah Dobson. From the New York Islanders. I did not expect him to be among the nominees, but it's undeniable how good he's been. He's he's scoring it about a point per game, first of all. Uh, they've got two of their best defensemen, Pelik and Pollock, who are both out right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with Noah Dobson. Yes, he has been a very pleasant surprise on this New York Islanders squad. And our next nominee is Kale McCarr from the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, it would not be a discussion of best defenseman without throwing his name out there. As expected, he's been excellent. Yeah, Yeah. he did miss a few games here and there, but when he's on the ice, he is an absolute terror, and he's a big reason why the Colorado Avalanche are one of the cup favorites. He's so dynamic back there. I love watching him. Yeah, what a skater he is. I think the most underrated aspect of his game is how he shuts down other players. We we love the flash and dash in the Ozone, but he's just as dangerous in the defensive zone, stealing the puck away and starting the rush. Joy to watch, really. And our last nominee from the Vancouver Canucks, Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Wow is right. I mean, given the captaincy, he has shown that he deserves it every bit. He has been excellent. What a season he's having so far. Yeah, and I remember all the buzz before the season about whether he should have even been named captain. Maybe that should have been given to Pedersen instead, but he's proving he is well worth it, leading the league in plus minus, along with his partner, Philip Hronik, who's been excellent as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, he's on pace for nearly 100 points. We saw that last year with Eric Carlson. Do we see it two years in a row? I wonder. I wouldn't count him out. No. The other thing I love is he's one of these, you know, undersized guys, and he shows that these little guys can break in as defensemen. Now, you don't have to have the big six-foot-four monster. You can get the little guys out there who can wheel and deal and make an impact. So fun to watch him. Yeah. So, the mustache goes to... 
Quinn, Quinn Hughes. Hughes. Yeah. Easy call so far. Uh, of course, we'll see what happens in the second half because it's it's a tight race. Yeah, too. I'm really curious to see if uh, Adam Fox can maybe climb back in there. Yeah. yeah, he's dealt with injuries, but he is an elite defender as well. So yeah, don't count him out. Guys, we're going to talk about one of my favorite awards, the award for best goalie. Uh, there's a few honorable mentions we've got to talk about first. Yeah, you know, goalies are always weird. So a few of these guys who were so red hot to start the year. So Cam Talbot was absolutely incredible yeah. for the first quarter. L.A. has fallen back down to earth, as has Cam Talbot. But I th- still think he warrants a mention. Yeah, yeah, L.A., I don't know what's happened to them. Yeah, they've fallen off a cliff recently. Eight game losing streak. It's rough in L.A. right now. Another goalie who I think should get some honorable mention, maybe hasn't played quite enough yet, but Joey Decord from Seattle. He's really got these guys going right now. Yeah, it's incredible because Philip Grubauer went out. The team looked like they were down and out, and then comes along Meech Lake Decord. He's been lights out. The guy was a journeyman, and now he looks like he's a bona fide starter in Seattle. Even when Grubauer comes back, he probably won't get his job back. Yeah, it's been rough for Grubauer. Um, Let's move up into the top tier here, though. Sergei Bobrovsky. For the Florida Panthers. Yes, he is a worthy nominee. Absolutely. Uh, Bob's has been on the case all first half. Yeah, and you know, again, starting the year with a depleted team, he kind of solidified things and made sure that Florida didn't fall out of it. And now that they're healthy again, watch out, because uh, Bob's looks like he's rounding into form, and so are the Panthers. And John, your Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hallibuck, another worthy nominee. Yeah, there was some question as to whether or not he was going to be a Winnipeg Jet this year. He is, and he is playing like an elite goaltender, uh, one of the best in the world, no question. Yeah, one of the few true workhorse goalies left. He's already won a Vesna before. I think he could win one this year as well. Yeah, another big workhorse. We got to talk about Thatcher Demko for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, he has had some injury problems in the past. This year he's healthy and he's playing out of this world. Yeah, he's a real wall back there. Yeah, we've never questioned his talent level. Uh, it's been tough sometimes in Vancouver playing in front of a patchwork decor, but with his health and a better team in front of him, he looks like he could be a contender for the Vezina as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the mustache goes to... Connor Hellebuck. He's already got a pretty good mustache. Uh, you know, maybe you can get some Plowman's Choice mustache wax in there, really get it shining. Oh, yes, one of our old sponsors. I wonder how they're doing. They stopped returning our calls. And next up is our favorite award. This is the Rod Langway mustache for best defensive defenseman. And I really do think the NHL should have this award. There's been talk about it in the past that, you know, the Norris always goes down to the best offensive defenseman. Yeah. What about the defensive guys? They need to get some more love because they sacrifice. Yeah, we're going to sing their praises right here. Who are a couple of the honorable mentions we want to highlight? Uh, well, there, you know, there are a lot of names we talked about. Jacob Slavin is a past winner who's always, uh, you know, a great shutdown D-man in sure. Carolina. And Carolina's playing a lot better recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Devontae's is another guy in Colorado who is yeah. always reliable when he's out there. Yeah. So moving into the top tier of nominees here, I think we have to talk about Drew Doughty for the Los Angeles Kings. He is a total minute muncher. So important back there. He's still a really good skater at this age and a real pest back there with his active stick. Next up. We have last year's winner, Adam Larson from the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, he is back Kraken for Seattle. And as they've been flying up the standings, he's been a big contributor playing huge minutes for them. First line penalty kill. He's just such a presence out there. He takes up so much space. He's so smart. Uh, hard to get around him. Yeah, very difficult to get anything moving in the Ozone when he got him back there. Heading up the class, I think we have to talk about a previous nominee, never a winner. 
But Boston Bruins' Charlie McAvoy has been excellent defensively this year so far. Another guy who plays huge minutes, first-line penalty kill. You know, people always think about his offense because he really does have great hands and great vision. But again, one of these guys who, when he's on the ice, the other team is not scoring a lot of goals. Yeah, he's a big part of why Boston is such a good team defensively. And the mustache goes to... Charlie McAvoy. Congratulations, Charlie, on your first win. Yeah, Probably not the last. Now he's been hanging around for a while. I'm happy to finally give it to him. Enjoy the stash, Chuck. And we finally arrived to the best of them all, the MVP mustache. Honorable mentions. I mean, we have to talk about Nikita Kucherov. Um, He has been excellent in the first half, leading the league in points um, and such an important part of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And one of these guys that people think is losing a step, you know, he plays hurt sometimes, but he's just so smart out there. Not the fastest guy, but he's physically strong, great hands, great vision. Yeah, always dangerous, always dangerous when he's out there. And we also have to mention Artemi Panarin. Yeah, he's been excellent for the Rangers. We mentioned him a little earlier, but yeah, such an important offensive piece there. Yeah, the straw that stirs the drink on that power play along with Adam Fox. The only question left for him is can he bring it come playoff time? So let's get to the nominees. We've got the three M's. Now, this first guy, a certain Mr. Connor McDavid, is usually a runaway winner. He had a bit of a slow start. He was banged up for a bit, but looks like he's returned to form. He's been the hottest scorer in the league, and he is hunting down that Art Ross trophy. Yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid, I'd be not surprised one bit if he was uh, the Hart Trophy winner at the end of the NHL season. We're talking about the midseason, though. A couple other names we got to throw out there. How about we start with Austin Matthews? This guy has been scoring goals left, right, and center. What a pace he's on. He sure is over 30 goals at the halfway mark. He's been excellent. Yeah, good to see that the wrist isn't bothering this season. We've never doubted this man's ability to put the biscuit in the basket, but the injuries have slowed him down in previous seasons. So he looks like he's healthy and he could score 70 goals if this keeps up. Yeah, imagine if we saw a 70 goal season, that would be something. And our final nominee from the Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon. What a force of nature he is. Love watching that guy gallop up and down the ice. You never know what's going to happen. He's not afraid to try cutting to the middle. Got a great shot. Good passer too. He does it all. He's got on full on beast mode. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the Art Ross. No, I would not be surprised one bit. These are some noble nominees we have here. Who is it going to go to? And the mustache goes to... Nathan McKinnon. Congratulations, Nate. That's going to look great on you. And that concludes our mid-season mustaches. Thanks for coming out, everybody. So before we hit the mailbag here, I think we probably have to talk about our documentary film that's being made. Yes, by HBO. Oh, you mean Herbert Bernard Owens. Yeah, he caught wind of our big money win in the receipt lottery, and he approached us. Yes, uh, he thought it was a pretty compelling story, so he decided he would like to sort of follow each of us around individually for a day, kind of do a day in the life of each of the three hosts of the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. Yeah, I must admit at first I thought the guy was a scam artist trying to dip into our pot of gold, but it turns out he's a really nice guy. Yeah, it's been a bit uh, strange having him around, but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I was up first, so he followed me around for a day, and uh, it was actually really fun to get to know Herbert. Great. Let's give it a listen. 
<sighs> Time to get up. So how do you typically start your day? Well, I usually like to just kind of sit and be. And after a few minutes, I'll roll out the yoga mat here. This is a uh, Chakra Kama yoga mat. It's actually made from some of the finest vegetable tanned leather. And it's adorned along the edges with these stones, these precious stones, ethically sourced, of course. So I usually just like to get situated here and start off with a few sun salutations. And, uh, So we're downstairs now. Um, this is the new bathroom. I got this bamboo bathtub and I usually like to have an ice bath after yoga. This ice is actually from uh, the Himalayas. It's Himalayan ice. And uh, our friend Guy Zamboni helped me source this. So uh, thanks Guy. And uh, yeah, I just like to chill out here for a while. So uh, here we are in the park. Um, after the ice bath, I usually just like to come outside and kind of dig my feet into the earth and uh, ground myself a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of visualize roots sprouting from my feet and intertwining with the earth's energy grid. I draw from its vibrations and I just sort of feel the worries and anxieties dissolve into the soil and I'm calm and I feel this stability. And I just kind of stand here for a while. And then I reach up towards the sky. And I feel the sun connect through me to the earth. I am a conduit of cosmic energy. And down. So back inside now, uh, after grounding myself, I usually like to just reflect on the first part of the day through some journaling, just sort of allow my thoughts and feelings to work their way onto the page. So that's done. But now it is eating time. So I'm on a pretty strict uh, intermittent fasting diet. I only eat for about four hours of the day. So when I do eat, I need to make sure I'm getting the best out of all the food. So I have this kind of concerto going on of uh, some sun-dried goji berries which are really great. Um, some sprouted chia seeds, and of course, the star of the show, the activated almonds. These are really excellent, high levels of antioxidants, and the minerals strengthen your immune system. I feel like they ward off illness as well, definitely improve my cognitive function and memory. So, I mean, these are a must every day. And it wouldn't be a meal without washing everything down with a lovely mug of this Bhutanese kombucha. This really stabilizes the microbiome in my stomach. Um, I keep tabs on this. You can see this chart here on the fridge. So every day I feel like one of these really stabilizes everything and keeps me in tip-top condition. So next up, we have some meditation. Um, this is really to just destroy unconscious blockages and just find inner peace, really. How do you reconcile your spiritual beliefs with the violence in hockey? Um, well, true, hockey can be rough, but remember, the universe finds harmony in the midst of seeming chaos. Um, each check, 
face-off. It's an opportunity to practice mindfulness, to stay present in the moment, and respond with grace rather than than vengeance or reactivity. The rink, in its own way, is kind of like a reflective meditation mat. So it's usually this part of the day where I would uh, break out the essential oils and some of my favorite scented candles that I have around. Um, For oils, I definitely like lavender, just for peace. Uh, Usually a drop of rosemary oil on my temples, and I sort of close my eyes and take that in. Uh, After that, maybe some clary sage, if I have any aches or pains or anything like that. Definitely some bergamot um, to spark creativity. Um, And for focus, uh, there's nothing like peppermint oil. So all of these kind of work together just to heighten my mood and, and, and relieve any stress or pain I have. Um, then it would be dinner time. Usually dinner would be um, some edible flowers, and I like some spirulina-infused seaweed noodles, and maybe I, you know, a fruit plate. I arrange the, uh, the fruit into kind of a mandala. Uh, it's really beautiful. Tonight, however, I am going to meet a gentleman. He is flying in from Hong Kong, and he says he's got some gemstones for me. Um, I really like to know the history of each gemstone that I buy, and he seems to be a a bit of a collector. He's got some really old ones and some really interesting pieces, it sounds like. He's got some rose quartz, which is just great for self-love and and just general self-care. He's got some really interesting-sounding amethyst geodes. Um, They're great for just creating a tranquil environment. And uh, he's also got a black tourmaline which sounds really interesting. It's supposed to ward off a lot of negative energies and just increase general body positivity. And it sounds like he really has a good idea of the history of these stones, where they come from, and what kind of energies they encapsulate. That sounds like it could be pretty expensive. Uh, They may be, but it's not really about the money. I find you can't really spend your life worrying about how much it might cost to buy something. Um, If it's going to provide you spiritual well-being, you just have to go out and do it. Um, So we might have to cut this short, but thanks so much for this, and uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. And we're back. John, that was uh, interesting. Yeah, it was a great day. I'm really glad you guys got to hear it. Mm, Yeah, I kind of got mixed feelings about it, but we don't have to get into that now. I mean, John, the gems sounds pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, well, they were a little expensive. Uh, they haven't arrived yet. Uh, I am looking forward to the day they do, though. That's going to be great. Yeah, again, happy for you, bud. But let's just remember where we were not so long ago and just try to practice a little fiscal responsibility. Oh, well, I mean, there's a nice vibe in here, though, wouldn't you say? I do like it. Like I said, the beaded curtains are nice, but um, yeah. Again, you do you. Well, Jeff, you're up next. Uh, you're going to do you. That's going to be fun to, to listen to as well. Yeah, I can't wait. Speaking of things we can't wait for, let's crack open that mailbag. Sorry, sorry, what was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. Dress your players. Okay, well, this is everybody's favorite segment. This is Ask the Commish. You can still get your last-minute emails in. Email us at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com or send us a tweet or an X or whatever it's called now at rodlangwayfanclub. What's up first here? Uh, we've got an email here from Saginaw Stew. What do you make of the Cutter Gautier deal? Ooh, thanks for the email, Stu. I knew a Stu in Kalamazoo. Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, wow, didn't this trade just come out of left field? Totally. That's the thing. You know, usually these kinds of trades, the guy's name is in the marketplace for a while. The insiders are all over it. And this one really was completely unexpected. Woke up, looked at this on my phone. I was like, holy man, Cutter Gauthier was traded. I thought this was one of these guys that Philadelphia would never trade. Seemed like a kind of a Philadelphia kind of guy, big physical goal scoring forward. But yeah, he's off to Anaheim and uh, makes you wonder about whether or not this will become a trend. Yes, with college players holding teams' feet to the fire and getting a choice of where they play. Yeah, I wonder if we'll start seeing more of this. Quite a shocker. But Philly does get Jamie Drysdale in return. Uh, This is a really highly touted right shot defenseman. So, you know, he's battled some injuries, but uh, he could really be a, a nice piece for this Flyers team moving forward. Yeah, the one thing the Ducks did have going for them is they have one of the deepest prospect pools when it comes to defensemen. So they were dealing from a position of strength. And I really think this could turn out to be one of those win-win trades. Yes, it will be interesting to follow these young players' careers going forward. Okay, and what do we have next? We have a tweet here from Jay Jeremiah from Hamilton. He just writes, you guys often redo your cup picks come midseason. Are you going to take advantage of this again this year? Thanks for the question. I chose the New Jersey Devils in our season preview show. And I'm going to be stubborn. You guys know me. I can be a little stubborn sometimes. I am not giving up on this team. Really? Yeah. Given everything that's happened. I still believe in this team, but their goaltending has been horrendous. So they can just get that figured out. Yeah, that's a big if, but uh, lots of talent. I just think they're a little young right now. But Mark, what about you? You chose the Edmonton Oilers. Are you going to stay with them? Well, why wouldn't I? They're one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They've got some of the best players in the world on their team, and they've lost to the last two Stanley Cup champions. I think this is finally the year they're going to get over the hump, and this adversity they faced at the start of the year just going to be part of the story that they tell in their Stanley Cup run. And John, you shocked the hockey world. I did. By picking the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. Are you going to stick with them? I am sticking with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I was under the influence of some uh, heavy tranquilizers when I made that pick. I do recall. Yeah, but I am going to stick with it. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs, they can do it. They can do it. You know, the interesting thing is that with all of these teams maybe having struggled at some point through the season, the betting odds might be a little bit better. Might be time to double down on these guys. Double down. Make some money. Yeah. Mark. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch your gambling, buddy. Yeah, no, it's, just chill. it's fine. If you're winning, you're, it's not a problem. Like, okay. Seriously, guys, just loosen up a bit. Right, okay. Everybody's gambling now. Do you not watch the games? I do, I do. I think it's a bit of a vice myself, but hey. All right, and what do we have next? Uh, looks like another tweet from Malmo Mats. Oh, okay, Malmo. I like that. Yeah, great name. Uh, makes me think about uh, one of my favorite hockey players in my early years, Mats Nasland. For sure. Yes, great international player and also a National Hockey League player. We got a question here. Oh, oh, I don't like this one, but I guess we'll answer it. Is the USA the new hockey power, given what just happened at the World Junior Championships? Yeah, thanks for the question. Big disappointment for Uh, Canada. They had won the last two, but they crashed out in the quarterfinals to Czechia. Disappointing. Yeah, and... You know, we got to look at the goaltending. That goalie led into questionable goals. And this has been an issue for Canada. It doesn't feel like we're producing the quality goaltenders that we once did. If you look around the league now, the best guys. Yeah, it's such a shame. You know, Quebec was a goalie factory. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury, he reached over a thousand games just recently. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he's still stuck. Uh, Tied with Patrick Waugh, number two all-time wins. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, he's gotten that record. But 
Canada, yes, there's a real problem in net. It's a bit of a crisis. I would say it is a crisis, yes. This is something we've been dealing with for a while. We have some other international tournaments coming up. It doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut net minder who will man the crease for Team Canada. Yeah, you do have to wonder who the three goaltenders would be. Yeah, and it, you know, I, I think it's not just the fact that we didn't win gold at World Juniors. If you look at the last few NHL entry drafts, a lot of the top players are Americans. And I yeah. think that the Americans, sadly, I have to admit, I think they've surpassed us. Well, that remains to be seen, I would say. Um, but certainly in this tournament, we have to give that team a lot of credit. They, they were, were far dominant. and away, far and away, the most dominant team, definitely. So hats off to them. It's going to make the next Olympics all the sweeter if we can beat them, though. Okay, boys. Well, Jeff, do we have time for one more? I know last time you had to duck out to hit the clubs. Are you doing that again tonight? Or Ooh, I'm nursing a bit of a hangover. Okay. Here, so yes, let's do one more. We got time for one more. Yeah, I think John. I think you said we had another one uh, that you wanted to get to today. Yes. Well, we do have an email from Nancy Wilcox. And Nancy just writes, I've noticed that the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast has been posting some segments from former seasons. I especially enjoyed the daring declarations. Wondering if you guys have any bold predictions for 2024. Thanks for that question, Nancy. Yeah. Daring declarations. Daring declarations. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Austin Matthews is going to reach 70 goals. Whoa. This year, he'll be the first 70-goal scorer since the Finnish Flash, Timu Solani. He really wow. did have a rough weekend. They killed a lot of brain cells. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. No, all joking aside, that's not so crazy. Then again, wow, 70 is a huge number. Yeah, but if there's anybody that could do it, it would be Austin Matthews. Mm. What about you, Mark? Okay, well, on the heels of this big contract that William Nylander just signed, I think the next big potential free agent is going to be uh, Elias Pettersson. People are talking about what kind of money he can get now. And the cap's going to be going up, and Vancouver is having a great year. I think he's going to break the bank. He's going to become the highest paid player in the league. Whoa. People have talked about maybe breaking the $13 million ceiling. I think he's going to get to $14 million Whoa. over eight seasons. That's rich. That's right. That's yeah. rich. Vancouver has a history of throwing money around. It's a city where money is thrown around loosely. He's a great player. Elias Pettersson, okay. $14 million per year. That's bold. That's bold. And John, what about you? Well, I think I'm going to call it. I'm going to say this is the year, 2024. We finally see a Canadian team hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. All right. Now, I like the sound of that. It's been 30 years. We will not get to nah, 31. I don't like that. I think this is it. This is the year. We've got a lot of good teams out there. we got the Vancouver Canucks, Winnipeg Jets, Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers. I expect all those teams to be in the playoffs. It's going to be, it's going to be one of them. It's become a curse of some sort, and I think that the only team that will break this curse is the last team to have won it, and Montreal's not ready yet. Uh, no. So yeah, it'll be Montreal in like maybe five more years. Five years, eh? Okay. Yeah, five well, more years. Bold. That's so another the curse bold will prediction. continue. Okay. Yeah, we're going to throw a bold prediction on top of the bold prediction. Made even bolder by the fact that I just did pick the Edmonton Oilers to win the cup in the <laughs> previous segment. Yeah, okay. Okay, Mark. Well, that was fun. <laughs> so I think that about wraps it up here. Yes, I think so. Uh, We will see you again at the trade deadline. That is coming right up in just under two months. Oh, I can't wait for it. Uh, Best time of the year, yeah. I'm already like thinking about all the potential trades that could happen. Montreal is going to be a seller, obviously. But uh, we'll be back to break down all of the action for you in early March. Yes, so it will be a little bit of time uh, till you hear from us. But please do check out our YouTube page. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff there. Thanks for listening, and I hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I, I, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time, time, time. Hope, hope you had, hope, hope you had yourselves a time. Well, I hope you had, hope, hope you had, hope, hope you had, hope you had.
you had to hope you had the time, time. 